Welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Japan, the show that brings you the most trending news stories and cultural insights from Japan. I'm your host, Julian Domansky, and joining me, as always, is my co host and founder of Japan Insider, Yasuharu Matsuno. Hey, guys, welcome back to This Week in Japan, and I hope everyone is doing well. So, Julian, did you see what happened to Mori, the chairman of the Olympics Committee? I did. He's downfall, <laughs> he's a、uh, resignation. Which was,、uh, it was to be expected, to be honest. But、yeah. obviously, last week when we talked about it, we weren't sure, right? So,、mm. yeah, so just to review a little bit,、mm. Mori was the chairman of the Tokyo Olympics Committee and he made you know, some really sexist comments.、Mm. So,、uh, he eventually stepped down、uh, last Friday. Yeah. And basically, people were wondering who is going to you know, take up the role as the next、uh, chairman of the committee. Yeah, yeah. And there were at least several candidates, as far as I know.、Mm. But it was announced just、uh, yesterday, officially, that、uh, Seiko Hashimoto, she's the former、uh, Olympics minister. I mean, she just technically、uh, resigned as a minister yesterday、mm. and inaugurated as the chairman of the committee. Yeah. Yeah. So,、um, have you heard anything about Ms. Hashimoto?、Uh, only after the news coming out.、Um, she's a former Olympian. She has several medals.、Mm. And she was, yeah, like you say, she was the minister of the Olympics, or at least sports,、mm. uh, as part of the actual government. Right. So it's not like they've just, you know, got a woman in just for the sake of having a woman in charge, right?、Mm-hmm. She, she was already very qualified for the job. Right. And she knows about the Olympics. She was already doing kind of the same job anyway.、Mm-hmm. So it doesn't sound like in her new role, she won't be doing, you know, much different work to what she's already been doing. Right. I got the same impression、mm. pretty much. I mean, as you said,、uh, she's a pretty successful athlete as an ice skater in Japan.、Mm. And she participated in four、uh, different Olympics in the past.、Mm. And she's got some medals. And after that,、uh, she became a politician、uh, at LDP.、Mm. And eventually she was,、um, you know, Playing a role as the minister of the Olympics.、Mm. So I would say she's quite successful both as an athlete、mm. and a politician.、Mm. But have you heard about this incident regarding some, some scandal、um, with her in the past? I don't believe so. <laughs> so I guess I'm about to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there are already several or could be more、uh, media companies that are reporting this、uh, issue. And to be honest, like, I didn't know much about her until this incident was reported like six or seven years ago.、Mm. But back then, she was basically、uh, playing a role as the chairman of the ice skating committee in Japan. Okay. And one time, when they were having a drinking party, she got really drunk.、Mm. And she just、um, randomly or forcefully kissed a guy. Uh, who happens to be one of the most like, famous ice skaters in Japan? Oh, okay. I, I mean, this is, I should, probably should admit this that I didn't read the news properly, but I just saw a headline、uh. that said something about a minister like, kissing a,、oh, yeah. a, a, someone. And、yeah. I, I, you know, wrongfully, I assumed it was the other way around. It was some old man who did <laughs> it to a young girl, right? 
So, yeah, that's my bad. Uh, I, should have read, <laughs> I should have read the article. Uh, right. But I didn't realize it was referring to this lady. Uh, mm. You know, she's in her mid-50s, I think. Mm. So, you know, I have never seen her, um, like, playing as an athlete on, mm. on TV and stuff. But that was the first time I've ever, you know, seen her name on a media outlet. And so, and I, and I found it so, how do you say, like, unheard of. I mean, it's potentially worse than what Mori did, <laughs> even though it happened longer ago, right? Because mm. um, that's like words versus like technically is sexual assault. Which is not a laughing matter, obviously. Um, yeah. But... Yeah. It's just the irony in the whole situation. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's a tricky, tricky one. <laughs> yeah. Let's just hope that there will be no more um, scandals related to the Olympics. And yeah, see how it goes. Yeah, I think we've had our fill of scandals. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this week, coming up on our YouTube channel. Mm. Yeah, so we've had a pretty fun fun outing, didn't we? Um, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be about the world's first ever... Robot kitchen. Robot kitchen, yeah. So not to be confused with robot restaurant, which already exists in, <laughs> in Japan. In Shinjuku. <laughs> which is not, well, it's kind of, a, they say restaurant because it's like you're sitting there eating food in mm. front of this ridiculous robot. Mm. Not even a robot display. <laughs> it's just weird, right? Uh, but this is actually like a, a fully autonomous, like AI-based kitchen mm. that uses all these like mechanical arms and the same kind of arms that they're using, like manufacturing lines for like cars and stuff. And, you know, and uh, yeah, we went to visit it, kind of the demo version this week. Mm. And it's pretty cool. You know, it made a uh, soba. Mm. So it would pick up the raw soba. It would cook it perfectly. So like within the millisecond, you know. Mm. And then uh, it also made like fried uh, kakiage, mm-hmm. like deep fried vegetables and stuff. Right. And then there was another machine that just washed everything up. So you just put the dirty bowl mm. on this like little pressure pad. Mm. And then the arm just comes in, it picks it up, washes it off, goes to the system and then it's clean. It's crazy, right? <laughs> it is crazy. <laughs> and I was also quite impressed by the quality of soba noodle. Mm. And, um, you know, I've been eating, you know, as a Japanese native, soba for many years, you mm. know, since my childhood. But that soba was as good as or could be better than the average uh, quality of soba that you can find in a fast food shop. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. So uh, as always, guys, uh, that video will be live by the time you're listening to this episode. So go check that out on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash Japan Pro. So today is February 19th and our stories for the week are a massive earthquake rattles Tohoku region and eastern Japan. And Netflix will begin offering full scholarships open to foreigners at a Tokyo anime school. Just after 11pm on Saturday, February 13th, a massive 7.3 magnitude earthquake severely rattled the Tohoku region of northern Japan. It was felt as far away as Hiroshima, which belongs to the western Chugoku region of Japan. The earthquake lasted around 30 seconds, which is longer than the average. The epicenter was just off the coast of Fukushima and Miyagi prefectures, This is the same general area where the infamous Great East Japan earthquake occurred a decade ago. That once-in-a-lifetime event is called the Higashi Nihon Daishinsai in Japanese. Right away, experts determined that luckily that there was no cause for a concern about a tsunami this time. However, people were warned about the potential for aftershocks and more landslides. The next morning, local government agencies assessed damage and began to coordinate relief efforts. 
Although the physical damage to collapsed structures and landslides from last Saturday's earthquake was extensive, luckily there were no fatalities and only 50 injuries. For many, the parallels to the Great East Japan earthquake of March 11th, 2011 were very clear. Geologists consider last Friday's seismic event to be an overdue aftershock from that deadly earthquake, which measured a magnitude 9, causing a huge tsunami which killed thousands. The huge wave subsequently slammed into the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant, where a meltdown was narrowly avoided. So yeah, I'm guessing that everyone in Tokyo uh, felt this earthquake, obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Saturday night. Um, yeah. I was just in my house watching TV mm. and the, kind of the TV was like to shake in front of me. Mm. Oddly enough, my wife didn't notice what happened for like 10 <laughs> seconds. Oh, yeah. She was just like working and doing some stuff. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, is it <laughs> everything was moving. I was like, right. you can feel that, right? And she's like, what? Oh, oh yeah, earthquake. And, and then mm. it just kind of didn't stop, right? Mm. It kind of kept going. We're like, oh. Yeah, yeah, it was quite long. Yeah, then mm. like I, I ran to the back room to open the, the patio door and then she ran to the front door to open the, the front door. Oh, yeah. You know, as you should do. Mm. And then we just kind of sat there and waited for it to stop, basically. But right. uh, what, what, what were you doing when it happened? Um, I was about to go to bed. Mm. Uh, my family was already asleep. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, you know, usually earthquakes are much shorter, right? Mm. So I waited for like, yeah, similar to you. Like I waited for about like 10 seconds Uh and then noticed that, you know, it's not like stopping anytime Mm. soon. So I just uh, went to the the bedroom where my, you know, wife and kids are sleeping Mm. and kind of like woke them up and then, you know, kept all the doors open. Mm. But yeah, I would say that was probably the strongest or, you know, biggest earthquake in the last 10 years. Mm. I've not experienced them, obviously, all myself, mm. but it's definitely the biggest one since I've been in the country. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I I was kind of like imagining maybe you were like freaking out because uh, <laughs> that was the biggest like earthquake ever since you've come to Japan, right? Uh, surprisingly, no, because I, I thought that I would do the same when I felt that kind of earthquake. But mm. still, I don't think for me it was very strong. Mm. Stuff was moving, but like the furniture wasn't like moving across the floor. Mm. It's just like everything was wobbling a bit, you know? I was mainly concerned about my cameras because they're all up on like shelves. So like, I, <laughs> I ran into like my little office at home and then like, I just kind of took all my lenses off the shelves and just put them on the floor just in case they fell oh, off. Yeah. My cat got scared. She hid under the sofa. Hmm. So she took, she took shelter. She's smart. Oh yeah, she <laughs> is. Yeah, that's the right move. Right? Yeah. How about your kids? Because um, I mean, they've obviously grown up mostly in Japan, right? But um, are they quite desensitized to it now? Yeah, but, you know, by the time, you know, it was like past 11 p.m. Oh, right. So he was asleep. I I tried to, like, wake him up. It's kind of awake, but half asleep. No, not really paying attention. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I I just gave up on the the second son. Yeah, yeah. uh, He was just, like, sleeping the whole time. Yeah, stone cold. (laughs) Throughout. (laughs) Probably for the best. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, but um, I... Do feel bad for people in Tohoku because mm. this I heard is supposed to be the aftershock from March 11th, right? Mm. That really surprised me when I saw mm. that in the news. After 10 years. Yeah, right. I don't really know how it works because I'm not a seismologist, but maybe the bigger the earthquake, the longer you have to wait for the aftershock, mm. perhaps. Yeah, I'm not really sure either. I'm no expert, but... You know, considering the age of the Earth, mm. which is supposed to be, what, around 4.5 billion? Something like that, yeah. I think 10 years is just a moment. It's just a blink, isn't it? Yeah. Blink. Yeah. Yeah, even though 10 years is such a, 
you know, it's a decade. Mm. You know, it's, it's so long for human beings. But yeah, from the earth, <laughs> from the earth standpoint, mm. Mm, I, yeah. I think this these kind of things can happen. Yeah, yeah. One thing that was fortunate about this earthquake this mm. time is that uh, there were only fifty people that got injured mm. and no one died from yeah. the the incident. But I still feel bad for them because, you know, 10 years ago, uh, you know, for people who have experienced the Great East Japan earthquake, mm-hmm. it kind of like traumatized them, right? Of course, yeah. So they they remember the event. Mm. And because I also used to live in Sendai mm. uh, from in year 2013 or so mm. uh, for my work, mm. I know like how they feel. Like mm. even when you feel a small like shake, mm. small earthquake, you always always remember the the big earthquake mm. that happened in 2011. Yeah, yeah. So you you moved to Sendai just a couple of years after I did. the big quake, right? So obviously yeah. the, they would have still been like I mean they still are to some extent. They're still cleaning up the the aftermath of that. But they that would have been much more were. recent, right? Mm. What was it what was it like just living in that area during that time? I would say, like, back then I was rather impressed by the uh, energy of mm. the local people mm. and how quickly they were uh, rebuilding stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, considering the massive damage that they incurred, mm. you know, such reconstruction never happens overnight, right? Mm. Yeah, I, I still have people that I know there, mm. and I can totally imagine how they felt this time. Mm. So, Interesting, feel bad. yeah. Yeah. But anyway, on a slightly positive note, I found one news article yesterday about the supermarket in Fukushima. Mm. And so because of the earthquake, most items fell off the shelves uh, in probably most shops across the the Tohoku region. Mm. I think it was you. Like you shared with me a YouTube like video of the uh, library of the library yeah, yeah, yeah where like thousands of books mm. just like every got, single book in the every library. single book in on the, the floor it was crazy yeah yeah, yeah that looked crazy mm. but you know similar things happen at you know every supermarket or in, anywhere uh, with shelves basically yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah so this this supermarket all the beer cans came off the shelves mm. so the cans were dented and, mm. you know damaged mm. but What's unique about this supermarket is that the shop owner decided to sell all those beer cans as is. Yeah. Without offering any discount. Mm-hmm. And instead, he kind of left a side note mm. uh, next to the, the beer cans mm. saying that these beer cans are heroes who bravely fought against the earthquake <laughs> and survived. That's great. <laughs> so I don't want to offer a discounted price for them. Yeah, yeah. And I thought this was a brilliant thought. Mm, that's great, yeah. And as a matter of fact, I heard that all 40 cans that were kind of deformed yeah. were immediately sold out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't blame him for doing that. I mean, there's, there's several reasons, and I'm sure you agree. I mean, it's like... Look, he he's not responsible for the earthquake. So like his product is just damaged. And obviously I'm sure people in that community, they all suffer the same, right? Mm. So like if I live there, I would feel really bad walking into the shop and be like, oh, they're discounted because of the earthquake. Yeah. I would even probably just take it to the till. I'll take it to the register and say like, I'll pay full price for it. Mm. Because it's like, what's like 
10% of a beer, right? It's not mm. a lot of money, is it? Mm. <laughs> but I like his creativity there. It's putting a little bit of like, you know, positive energy back into exactly. a, you know, kind of a dark situation. Exactly. And that's what I was about to say, mm. you know. I totally understand why people bought it because there are some traditional ways of thinking in Japan, something called engi. So it's a bit difficult to explain. The thing is that we generally believe that certain items or events have some good luck or bad luck mm. associated with them. Mm. And for example, uh, I'm sure you know Daruma, mm. the traditional Japanese The little toy. dolls, yeah. Yeah. If you have ever touched uh, Daruma, mm. I think you, you understand how it works. But there is some like weight placed in the center of their you know, circular shape at, mm. the, at, the, at the bottom. Mm. So even if you uh, push them, and try to make them fall, mm. they never fall mm. because they just, you know, kind of like restore the original yeah, like yeah, standing yeah. position. Mm. So Japanese people have traditionally been kind of like thinking or mm. believing that Daruma have good luck mm. because they are basically indefeatable. Oh, okay. Or invincible. Mm. So that's why... Um, I mean, traditionally, mm. if you are fighting against some difficulties mm. or, you know, trying to achieve something, then people place Daruma uh, in your room. Mm. So when I first read this new story, I immediately remembered uh, the story of Daruma. Mm. Okay, interesting. Because I could easily imagine that people would think that these beer cans, mm. by calling them s- survivors have um good engi sure sure engi yeah. ga ii. ah i see yeah mm. so i don't know like how much uh this shop owner have thought about this mm. but i thought this was a uh, you know I-, I thought he's really smart <laughs> <laughs> that's a very interesting parallel that you've drawn between that story but it, it makes a lot of sense you know that's really cool okay so on to the feature story of the week It was announced this week that Netflix Japan will begin funding its very own anime artist scholarship program. The scheme will be run in partnership with the high-profile WIT Studios. WIT Studios have produced many well-known anime titles since the company was founded in 2013, but without a doubt, their most famous work was the first three series of Attack on Titan. The academy itself will be based at the Sasayuri Video Training Institute in Tokyo. Students will be enrolled for six months, attending full-time classes five days a week. Upon completion of the course, the successful students will be retained as subcontracted animators for a Netflix original anime to be produced by WIT or its sister studio, Production IG. Because this is offered as a scholarship, The entire program will be free to successful applicants. Netflix has also stated that it will aim to help out students further by contributing to living expenses for the duration of the course. The first course at the WIT Animator Academy is set to run from April to September 2021. Applications are now open until February 28th and eligible to anyone aged 18 to 25 and who has graduated from high school by March 2021. Yeah, so um, this is very interesting, and I think it's a great idea. It makes a lot of sense, too, 
Because um, I'd say there are lots of synergies between anime creators or studios and Netflix. Yeah. Because Netflix has a, you know, such a huge, like, global reach. Exactly, yeah. That most, you know, anime studios in Japan、mm. don't have. I mean, even when I was living in the UK, I was always surprised at how much anime Netflix offered、mm. as a selection. Right. You, obviously, you know that, like, all different regions have different. Selections on Netflix based、mm. on the copyrights and the licensing and all that stuff. So, right, true, true. So, maybe for any Americans listening, your selection might be a bit different to the UK selection, but it's always quite similar.、Mm. But then when I moved to Japan and I kind of like changed my Netflix to Japanese Netflix, it's just like over half of it is anime. It's just ridiculous <laughs> like how much anime is on the <laughs> yeah, service. Yeah.、Um, so, yeah, it seems like a great move by Netflix. It's always so obvious that they're pouring so much money into original content. And in Japan, obviously, making original anime seems just like a, such a sensible move.、Mm. I mean, for example, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure,、mm. you know, our favorite anime title,、mm. right? I don't think that anime could have been this famous and popular, you know, across the world if it wasn't for Netflix. I mean, of course, there were always people that find out about these,、mm. you know, like popular animes in Japan.、Mm. But I would say before Netflix, there has always been some、um, like gap、uh, between what Japanese like anime fans, you know, have access to、mm-hmm. and what、uh, people outside yeah, yeah. do. I think something to do with like, again, I don't, I don't know how it is in other countries, but at least in Japan. Netflix have procured so many like high profile animes.、Mm. I mean, talking about you know, our favorite Kimetsu no Yaiba,、mm. Demon Slayer, that's all on Netflix.、Yeah. Um, but if you go back to all the older ones, it's got like Evangelion,、uh, it's got all the Dragon Ball series,、mm. uh, One Piece,、mm. uh, Bleach.、Uh, I can't think of all these different ones, you know, like,、oh, yeah, yeah. but any kind of like stereotype big anime, if you search for it on Netflix, there's a very high chance it's already on there,、mm-hmm. at least、mm-hmm. in Japan. Yeah. So now with Netflix, All the popular anime titles are now released on the same day globally.、Mm. So there's no such gap between, or, you know, I would say like unfairness between Japan and other countries. Yeah, that's one of the, the, the big benefits of Netflix having such a global reach. Exactly. And I would say, yeah, that's one of the greatest achievements、uh, by Netflix. Yeah. So, I mean, talking about、uh, Wit Studios, right? Obviously, they recently produced. Attack on Titan. But the final season, which is produced by Mappa Studios, it's a different studio, but、uh, that is releasing you know, every week currently on Netflix worldwide,、mm. um, which is pretty cool, you know, especially for fans of the series.、Uh, it's a global franchise. But for anything that airs,、um, before this was even announced, I was surprised how much original anime they have on Netflix. And they've produced a lot of like, like original series. Of existing franchises. Yeah. So, like yeah, for you, like you, it, you love Ghost、do. in the Shell, right?、Mm. And they made like a new one. They did. It's、yeah. just like a Netflix original, whether it's good or not. But <laughs> the fact that they were able to like secure that deal,、mm. it just shows you how much money they've got to throw around and how confident they are in anime as a, as a yeah, yeah, uh, genre. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, Netflix has a huge pocket, even compared to most you know, large anime studios in、mm. Japan. So, I would say as long as they have enough human resources who can create you know, good anime,、mm. they can start producing even, you know, just continue like, producing even、mm. more great anime.、Yeah. So, it, it really makes sense to me that they are trying to you know, train new talents,、mm. 
Yeah, so so then they can um, create even more in the future. Mm. And actually, uh, one little detail we left out in the the main story was that this uh, scholarship is uh, applicable to anyone in the world. So not just Japanese people, but foreigners as well. So uh, if you've got some talent, you know, mm. for, for drawing or animating or I don't know all the different types of roles that go into producing an anime, but um, if that's kind of your field and you've always wanted to live in Japan and you'd love to work on an anime, this might be the perfect time. Because apparently it's, uh, well, it's the 28th, isn't it? The applications close. Mm. So you've got about nine more days <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to follow your applications in. Mm. And uh, yeah, you could be shipped over to Japan, do a six-month course, and then you'll be producing anime. For, for a job, right? It's kind of crazy yeah, to think about. Yeah, you never it. know. I mean, you know, I understand that there will be 10 people mm. that will be chosen eventually. Mm. And, you know, we can easily imagine that it will be super competitive. Oh, absolutely. Right? There's going to be, I'd imagine, about 100,000 people <laughs> as a minimum would apply for this. <laughs> the main thing is that it's free, right? Mm. I do know that they have actually like anime schools in Japan. Where you know it's just like an art an art school, but you just do the anime, right? But that's never paid for, and the fact that they're saying like the whole course is free, and also Netflix are willing to, and I think they're more talking to the foreigners here, but they're willing to like help you out with living expenses because mm. you know moving countries not a cheap mm, mm. Uh, experience. So you know they're really like all in on this, you know, this deal, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, Seems like it. And I wonder what kind of people will be chosen eventually. Mm. You know, I mean, they just don't pick people randomly. But of course, yeah. They look at past works, your whole experience, your career, yeah. your character. So, yeah, it should make a very interesting documentary. <laughs> I, we yeah, could yeah, you know, focus on those people. I kind of thought that, yeah. I'm pretty sure they will. And they didn't officially announce it, but I'm pretty certain they would make some kind of like behind the scenes. Mm, they should. Because it's such a good, it's such an easy way to make content, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, anyone that's interested in this, uh, if you just Google Wit Anime Academy uh, application, I'm pretty sure you'll find the link quite easily. Mm. Um, yeah, fill it out, send in an application and the best of luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. <laughs> okay, so that wraps it up for all the news stories this episode. Now let's jump into the final segment of the show, Word of the week. Okay, so this week I found an interesting article about new types of harassments that have been recognized in Japan recently. <laughs> more, more harassment. More harassment. <laughs> okay, good. And as you all know by now, we are genius at inventing a new word for every niche of sure. every harassment. Yeah. Uh, and because there are several of them this time, mm. I'm going to quiz you. Okay. There are five questions. All right. So, I mean, yeah, just for the guys listening at home that haven't caught the previous episodes where we've, we've talked about like several types of harassment before, mm. all these words are going to be something, something harder. Mm. So, yeah, just to, just to prep you guys, they'll all sound quite similar because uh, the, the second half always means harassment. All right, hit me. <laughs> okay, so the first one is kokuhara. Kokuhara. Mm. Uh, As always, so what is... Koku, koku, koku. Koku, uh, koku like confession. <gasps> yeah. Kokuhaku. Man, you got it right. Yeah, like, a, like a love confession. Mm. No way, is that really what it means? It is, but, but the tricky part is why can that become a harassment? Okay, so... 
for anyone that doesn't know, there's a thing in Japanese culture called kokohaku, which is like a confession of love. And I believe it generally happens with like high school kids, right? It's more of like an adolescent kind of thing, mm, right? Mm. When you write a little love letter to someone that you, you like mm. and you leave it for them to read and hopefully they return your feelings. So my idea is that it's someone who doesn't stop giving you these letters. And it's just like, it's almost like sexual harassment, but like, ah. like verbal. It's just like, leave me alone. Stop, stop leaving me love letters. Like I don't, I'm not interested. Actually, kokohaku is not only done via letters, mm. but you can go straight up to a person and, oh, okay, that's, oh that's you know, I, 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 I love you, you know, yeah, yeah, okay. or I like you. I sure, want to go sure. out with you. But uh, this kokuhara in specific basically talks about the situation where you barely know a person mm. and just go up to her or him and just... You know, tell the person that, oh, I've been liking you for, for so long. Mm-hmm. And you just, you know, confess your love without any context out <laughs> of the blue. Yeah, I could see how that would become harassment. Because for the person on the receiving end, that's got to be really awkward. Mm. You know, and it's, it, I mean, it's mildly creepy depending on the situation. Mm. But at the very least, it's very awkward. Yeah. Because you're just yeah. thinking like, who the hell are you? Yeah. I don't even know your name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How do you know everything about you know, me? Have you I, been watching me from only, the bushes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've only like talked once or yeah, something yeah. like that. Mm. Yeah. Makes sense. Oh, well, I'm pretty pleased. Mm. Okay. Okay. Let's yeah. do it. The second one is Shingata Pawahara. Shingata Pawahara. Shingata. So I'm sure you know Pawahara by now. Power harassment, yeah, mm. from a superior work mm-hmm. or something like that. Shingata, is that like kata, like the shape? Like So mm. shingata mm. is like a new shape? Mm. Shingata generally means a new type of. Yeah, new type of new, yeah. So sorry, mm. uh, I meant form, sorry, not shape. But yeah, okay. So I'm getting that general vibe. Okay, new form, power harassment. Oh, okay. So maybe it's like a colleague that you worked with and then they get promoted and then all of a sudden they think that they're better than you and they start power harassing you. Ah, interesting. No. Uh, that's very creative. <laughs> I mean, this is so so random. It's yeah, impossible yeah. to guess. Okay. But according to this article, mm. this new type of pawahara is used when someone is highly motivated at work mm. and telling him, oh, you don't have to work so hard. That was like the reverse. Reverse. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> then you're too motivated. Yeah. yeah, but like I can't imagine this happening. But maybe it's not impossible. So, oh, but boss, like I, I want to work, you know, longer, you know, for for many uh, more okay. hours. And then like, oh no, can't work that hard. Yeah. You know, you should go home. Go home, Kenichi. You've you've done enough. You know, you've slept at your desk for three nights in a row. Yeah, yeah. Go, go see your wife. <laughs> uh-huh. And that's considered <laughs> harassment. It's, isn't that crazy? That's hilarious. Yeah. That's really funny. Mm. Okay. Um, all right. Well, okay. Let's get to the next one. <laughs> so the third one is Zumuhara. Zumuhara. It must be Zoom. Uh-huh. Zoom harassment. Uh-huh. Okay. I got, I've got two ideas. It's either mm. when like you keep calling someone on Zoom, but they don't want to answer. Mm. Or when you have your camera turned off and your boss insists that you have your camera turned on. You know, like, because a lot of people like uh. to like, if they're in like a big group meeting... I've never done this because I've never been in the situation to do mm. it. But from what I hear is like whenever people go to like work meetings on Zoom, there's like 30 people, right? And maybe the team leader or the boss is talking and everyone just turns off their camera because they're just listening to whatever. Mm. And then if they talk, then like they turn on the camera to talk and kind of go back off. Perhaps I would say that could be one type of Zumhara. Mm. 
But uh, in this example, it says that making fun of someone's personal room or your apartment. Oh, uh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, which traditionally, yeah, never get exposed to your colleagues, right? I see. Yeah, uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it certainly makes more sense than uh, Shingata. <laughs> hara. <laughs> true, true. So the fourth one is Eihara. Eihara. I mean, this is impossible. Is it like a, like Ega or Ego? That kind of A, a. is actually an or English a. word. A, just A. Can you give me a clue? <laughs> <laughs> nah, this is just impossible. All right, okay. I immediately, I immediately give up. I have no idea. There's so many words beginning with A. It's just impossible. So age, age. Mm. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Ehara, age harassment. Mm. Oh, but that wasn't already around. That wasn't already one of the original harassments. No, like I, I I've never heard of this mm. one. Because mm. actually, like in English. English, not Japanese English. Uh-huh. Age harassment is quite a common word, you know? Hmm, so like really? at work, we have like, we don't have as many types of harassment, you know, but we, you know, we've obviously got like sexual harassment, power harassment, age harassment are probably the three biggest ones. Yeah, but sometimes that's illegal, right? Yeah, it is illegal. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's called a harassment. I mean, all types of harassment are illegal, at least in English. In, yeah, terms, yeah. Yeah, that's that's my understanding mm-hmm. too. But in Japan, it's more how do you say vague? Sure. So, for example, um, you know, telling someone that you are itoshi, mm. and itoshi uh, literally means good age, mm. but it's a bit of an irony. Mm. It's not a positive meaning. I see. Yeah. Uh, implying that uh, you've passed your peak, or uh. you know, so maybe telling someone in in his sixties. Uh, and oh, you know, Julian Samomo, Itoshidakara. It's like, you know, you know, Itoshi does sound less offensive. Maybe time to move on, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's a good time to, yeah. I on. see. Yeah. So right. that's uh, age harassment, mm. Eihara. And the last one is Brahara. Bura. Bra? Uh, bra harassment? No, no hint. Okay, let me get one more guess. Um, Oh, what words do you use in Japanese for like blur? You know this word? Uh, possibly. I just I can't, I can't recall it. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be kicking it's, myself. Uh, it's it's very, very basic. Block. Ah, no. I don't know. Ah, I don't, I blood. Blood. Blood type in this case. Oh, I've never heard anyone say blood in like katakana in Japanese. That's true. Cheat, right? It's just like, it's always cheat. <laughs> True. Yeah. True. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when you say it, I think most people know what it is. Uh, okay, mm. okay. But you're right. Yeah. We, we don't usually, we, we simply say ketseki gata instead of blood mm. type. Yeah. But in this case, blood type harassment. Oh, okay. Well, now that I know the word, then I can think I can guess the meaning quite easily. That obviously Japanese people generally tend to believe that your personality is determined by your blood type. Right. That, you know, maybe you're harassing someone for being the wrong blood type or being incompatible or, I don't know, like there's a certain characteristic that they don't like about you mm. and it's based on your blood type. Mm. So it's just kind of like racism, but not, in, 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 you know. Blood, <laughs> yeah. bloodism. I don't know. Yeah, bloodism. <laughs> but in that, in that kind of, what I mean is like um, you're being judged for an inherited characteristic mm. that you have no control over. Actually, that's that's correct. Yeah, that's the right answer. Yeah. So, as you already implied, um, 
you know, Japanese people's obsession with blood type、mm. is crazy. Yeah. You know, and there are mainly like four different types of、uh, blood types、mm. A, B, AB, and O.、Mm. So, for example, blood type A, people generally believe that,、uh, you know, people are majime.、Mm. So, I don't know what's a good translation, but. Look, serious, yeah. Serious and, yeah, fastidious. Hard, hard working and, yeah, fastidious.、Mm. Yeah, really、mm. good, yeah. So it's not like all positive,、mm. you know. How silly <laughs> is it to believe that,、yeah. you know, people's personality can be categorized into just like four? Yeah, especially if it's something someone is being like presumptuous about you、mm. and then making kind of important assumptions on you.、Mm. That's quite annoying. <laughs> yeah. That is serious, Buddha. <laughs> yeah. So, you know,、um, uh, while this Waseigo Brahara sounds totally random,、mm. I actually wish that this word existed like 20 or 30 years ago.、Mm. You know? <laughs> so then, like, you know, people st- stop like talking about blood types.、Oh, I see. I see. It's, it's just like un- unscientific. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, in total, I think I got three half points、mm. one for the Koku. Mm. Meaning the,、uh, the, kan- the Kokohara,、mm. the Kanji, Zoom Hara, which is obviously Zoom.、Mm. So that's an easy half a point. Mm. Mm. And I got the meaning of、uh, Buddha Hara,、mm. which I'm quite pleased with.、Mm. So one and a half points.、Mm. Great job. So that's all for this week in Japan. Whichever platform you're listening to us on, make sure that you're subscribed for a brand new episode every single week. Thanks for listening, everyone. We are releasing new videos on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash japanpro. So find us there. Okay, everyone. So stay healthy, stay safe. And、uh, yeah, if you encounter any kind of harassment this week, I'm going to challenge you to make up your own harassment. Just choose a word related to the harassment, chop it in half, and stick it to the suffix hara. And you'll、mm. have your very own Japanese harassment. Yeah, it's <laughs> as simple as that. <laughs> And be sure to check back next week for the very next episode of This Week in Japan. Bye.